1: A car company gets screwed in an awesome malicious compliance story. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, badge in badge out, increased margins for us. This comes from my tenure at one of the worst companies I ever worked for. Poor morale, poor practices, crazy and drugged out management, and all around scumbaggery at the top level. Fortunately for me, I didn't work directly for said company. I and a business partner had started a small IT firm servicing enterprise IT systems. This was back in the days of Windows NT and...
0: underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
1: Novell Netware, both of which were on the premise at this client. Since we were self-employed, we were a little isolated from the political minefield that was the corporate cube farm. We were content to put in the time necessary, typically only billing eight hours a day for each of us, since we essentially became their IT department due to the rest of the staff quitting in droves. Apparently one of the VPs got it into their head that we were overbilling them. We're hourly so there's no way our daily hours would always be 8 hours. We were told from that point forward we were to badge into Kronos like every other employee and make sure we badge out for lunch. My partner and I happily obliged. While badged out for lunch, we didn't answer calls. We started taking our lunches off site so there would be no more interrupted breaks. The absolute best part is that our billable time went from 8 hours a day to 10 to 16 hours a day each. The VP was too proud to admit that they screwed up, so they never asked us to go back to retainer billing. Every week when we handed in our invoice, we asked the controller to thank the VP for us. And yes, weekly invoices. They were so bad at paying other vendors that the only way we would continue working for them was on net seven terms. Honestly, I wonder if this is some form of projecting, almost saying that if that VP was in that position, they'd be stealing time too. Our next story is working remotely. So once upon a time, I worked as a mechanical designer, my first career. A couple of years into it, I got some good experience with CAD systems, a new thing at the time. I scored a new contract position with a major automaker, Sweet! Except it was second shift due to the availability of computer terminals. Invariably I'd finish up the work assigned by the first shift engineer I was supporting and have way too much free time before the end of my day, and at that hour there were very few people in the facility with which to shoot the breeze with or play cards with to pass the time. I wasn't allowed to clock out, determined by my being logged into the computer, the contracting firm wanted a 40 hour week on their books. I'd already been writing custom tablets, digitizing menus. This was before mice were a thing to stay busy. So after a few months, I began teaching myself the 3D modeling aspect of the software. But there was little opportunity for me to use it and I got bored. Then I started looking into the mainframe system itself, under the hood so to speak. I got to know the file system and most of the commands and felt comfortable with writing some simple batches. This was a vax-slash-VMS system, and the help menu was, well, helpful. Then I learned a command that was to set me free. Wait. This was a command that, when encountered in a batch, would wait for a specified time period before executing the next command. So each night, when I was done and wanted to go home and watch late-night TV, I wrote a batch. The first thing the file did was to delete itself, although it was still running in memory. Then it waited, for whatever period of time was left in my shift, and then ran the final command, log off. I called up a random project, started the batch, locked my screen and left. If anyone came by they would assume I was in the restroom or taking a smoke break. I did this for about 5 months, never got called on it, they still got to bill their 40 hours. My contract ended and I went on to another job where I wasn't so bored, Some may question why I didn't just stick around and slack off till the end of my shift. Look folks, this was back before cell phones, back even before internet, and you can only twiddle your thumbs for so long. You may not agree with my choice, but I still remember with a grin that time in my life where I got paid to sit on my couch and watch Johnny Carson. I could only aspire to work this smartly and work this easily. It can really pay to know your stuff. Our next story is, new job description with lower pay? I can do that. I applied for a job to install equipment for a large company that sells cleaning and sanitation chemicals and tools to every place you can imagine. They have a separate pest control branch and hospital supplier branch. I applied to install their leased equipment, but was immediately promoted to sales and service in a bait and hook scheme. It was 25% more hours, on-call 24 hours, some weekends, but they did the math so the annual pay was the same. They COULDN'T give me a raise within the first 2 years, but apparently could bend the promoting before 2 years rule, whatever, I needed to get promoted to a salary position anyway. I talked to my district manager, he agreed to let me work 5 more hours overtime a week and sell new accounts giving me more cash and working towards promotion. I got many recognitions, met with global management to share my ideas, was on product development teams as field tester, six of my ideas were rolled out nationally, and I was still second from bottom of the chain. Got promoted to a salary and commission sales and service role, 40 hour weeks, no lease machines, no late night calls. Used my sales skills to make three to four thousand a month above my old salary just in commissions. Four months in this role, they bring us all in. They tell us they're removing all salary positions and everyone was getting new titles with lower pay. They were going to reassess pay in four months. I told my bosses it wasn't a 50 hour a week job, I can do it in 40. We agreed if I did it in 40 with the highest numbers in my district, they would adjust pay during reassessment. I was now making less than I was hired. Two thirds of my salary for the same job. I drained my savings to make it work. Four months passed and after 10 emails that I escalated until manager of the entire west coast operations was included, did my boss tell me that they have no intentions of adjusting anyone's pay. Fine, I'm hourly now. I will be hourly now. Get paid for phone calls? I'll clock in every single call. I get paid for commute, I'll take the long, slow route. I get paid for answering emails, my emails will be very detailed with all the product info I can find. You want me to talk to customers? Every customer wants a long conversation. Sales is out of my job description, I sell nothing. No new customers, no product suggestions unless asked, no extra tools, unless a customer is struggling, I'm not a monster. Invoice issues? Above my pay grade. They can wait on hold with customer support customers can't call our work phones directly no requested service until i get a work order from customer support against state law to transport chemicals no chemical runs to customers that under order my customers need my attention it's not on my job description to order more than i use and no one else stocks or organizes our shared storage state law says we only work five out of every seven days those two days my work phone is off if a coworker on coverage needs a part ASAP, they should have restocked our shared storage because my perfectly stocked work truck is parked and locked. No one restocks storage. I run out of stock on the weekend and storage is out. Customer will be down until Monday. It takes me 10 minutes to fix what it takes other people more than an hour. Some days they'll call me after six hours on an issue and I'll solve it in three minutes over the phone. I am WORKING 55 hours a week. Only 10 of that is actual work. 25 of that is driving and listening to podcasts. 20 is chatting or waiting for customers to notice I'm there. My numbers are still the best in the district. The hours are flexible and the benefits are good, but I'm still looking for a new job. I can only be bored to tears for so long. It just seems like a common thing with companies that are big enough. They try to focus on keeping you down, keeping the salaries down, and can honestly overlook some very unoptimal things. This next story is the case of the hourly IT workers. I worked in IT at a large non-technical company. As is normal in IT, there were crises, patches, and new software installs, where it was all hands on deck for 16 hours. And other times when everything was humming along and there wasn't a lot of work to do. Old Boss understood this well. When we had to work late into the evening, he was fine with us coming in late the next day, leaving early, or even if a couple people didn't come in at all, as long as we rotated who got to stay home so that there was some coverage. We were all salaried exempt, but overall the hours were fair, despite the occasional very, very long days. New boss comes in from a non-IT background and sees this system, and decides everyone will be hourly, and worse, work set hours if we were 10 minutes late we had to use 10 minutes of pto or be docked pay for the time rather than just staying 10 minutes late he also declared there would be zero overtime this worked for about a week it was slow and the people who would normally leave an hour early had to just sit at their desks and wait to clock out then the first major system issue happened where the email server crashed we all punched out at five and went home System stayed down until the following morning. Well, the big boss comes down and wants to know why it took so long to bring the email system back, and how it hurt the business. The new boss mumbles something about no staffing in the evening. Big boss says it's never been a problem before. The new boss tells us from that point on, when something breaks, we stay to fix it. Overtime starts piling up. Big boss asks about budget. Several of us on the team decide to be brave and tell big boss what's going on and ask if things could just return to the way they were. Shortly after, an email is sent out saying new boss has decided to leave to take on another opportunity, i.e. was fired, and that the IT department was returning to salary exempt. Oh yes, time to broaden my horizons. While my time here was short, I've gotta move on to bigger and better things and file away this new pink slip I got. That said, our final story of the day is, car company gets screwed. This happened to me over the summer and I just signed the papers so I can finally talk about it. I leased a car from a common, cheaply manufactured dealership in the US. Now the car is 18 months old and I brought it to the dealership before work to be checked because it was driving a bit sloppy. I get a phone call while I'm at work and it turns out to be a major component and they wouldn't let me drive it home because it wasn't safe. The part was also on back order with no estimated return. The manager informed me there were no loaner cars I could use because they had to sell them all due to the car shortage. They offered to reimburse me $50 a day for a rental but a rental would cost me over double that. I couldn't use my insurance to cover any rentals because my car hadn't been in an accident. I called my mom in a panic and she came to the dealership with me after work. We walk in at closing time and ask to speak with the manager. A man excitedly announced that he is the manager. So my mom explains the situation and that they need to provide me with a rental. All of a sudden, the manager gets an attitude and says, well, you need to speak to the manager about that. Confused, we reminded him that he said he was the manager. He tells us, oh, I'm just the manager of sales. You need to speak to the manager of service and he already left for the day. Since there is no public transportation in the area and I need to get back and forth to work, we ask him to get the service manager on the phone. By the time my mom ended the conversation with him, he assured me he would find a loaner car for me to use, and they ended up being able to find one for me the next day. After this rough start, I decide to call corporate. I get transferred back and forth between departments and customer service reps dumber than the last. I was so worked up that I decided to go full Karen on them and eventually got my case escalated to a regional manager and corporate. It was over 3 weeks later by the time I ended up getting the email address for the regional manager. I respectfully asked for corporate to cover my lease payment while the car was in the shop. After a few emails, corporate ended up saying there was nothing they could do and I needed to wait until the part came in. Cue malicious compliance. While I waited, I researched the Lemon Law for my state, and it seemed like if the repair took longer than 30 days, I could actually have a case against them. I was already 20 days in, and since I had a loaner car, I decided to wait it out. I did everything by the book, sent official letters and kept track of all my communications with the company. Two months in, I ended up speaking with corporate's legal department, and they immediately offered me a settlement. I dragged out the process asking dumb questions and spending long periods of time to consider their offers. I was happy using the loaner car and actually liked it better than my lease. I was getting free mileage and free easy pass slash tolls and it was a car that wouldn't have a much higher monthly payment had I been leasing it. Overall, I was happy with the situation and content knowing I'd be getting some money out of this deal. It took over 3 months for my lease to get fixed and four months to come to a settlement with corporate, since they made me so mad in the beginning and refused to just cover my lease payments while the car was not operable. I decided to really make them pay. I ended up having to be my own lawyer because none would take my case and cost them thousands. A check for $4,000, a five-year additional extended warranty, no way I'll be keeping this car, and I put on almost 6,000 miles on the dealership's loaner car, which I really needed because I was starting to use more than my allowed amount on my lease, all because they would not agree to cover my lease payments while the car was in the shop. You could already tell there was a stink and a bad vibe the moment the manager got all giddy and then went completely two-faced as soon as they found out why they were there. They definitely didn't focus on customer experience, I'll tell you that much. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome story of compliance, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.